there was an article in Canadian business in the first couple months and there was a photograph of us and above my head, you know, when you're bad in school and you have to write lines on the blackboard, or at least you used to be able, right? So above my head is, we will not join a multinational network. We will not join a multinational network. <laughs> so, so we kind of, we kind of planted our flag on that day. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast, where we examine what it takes to intentionally inspire. I'm your host, Bart Egnall, President and CEO of The Humphrey Group. And if you've ever asked yourself, how can you develop an authentic leadership presence? Or how can you tell stories that have people hanging off every word? Well, then this podcast is for you. And it's not just for executives. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to influence and inspire others in their work, but also in their life. Hi, and welcome back to the Inspire Podcast. Hope you're having a great start to 2020. Hope you're having an inspiring start to the year. And before I introduce today's episode, if you haven't already, take a moment, rate and review the podcast. We don't advertise, and this is a small way that uh, I can get some feedback. I love the comments that people provide and appreciate you helping us get the word out on what it takes to inspire. Now, today on the Inspire podcast, we move from the gridiron of last episode to the ad world. And I welcome Tom Shapansky. Tom is one of the three founders of Rethink, uh, which is a leading advertising creative agency in Canada. They've done some amazing campaigns like the Molson Canadian Beer Fridge that uh, you'll immediately recognize. And I've known Tom for some years. And the reason I want to have him on is that in a business that is defined by turnover, where accounts come and go, and so do people, Tom and his two co-founders have gone the distance from creating an agency to now transitioning it to the next generation. They've done it together, they've built the business, and they've been successful in doing so in a way that puts their values first. And they've just written a book about it, and I want to have them on to talk about how important it was for them to get clarity on what they stood for and communicate that to their people. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tom Shabansky. Tom Shabansky, welcome to the Inspire podcast. Great to be here, Bart. You've certainly risen to the occasion after what a seven, 17 hour flight back from, uh, <laughs> from Japan. To, I'm flattered that you're coming on the podcast. All, all good. I've had a couple days, so. That's good. And so for those who don't know, you and I go back, I think, you know, six or seven years. We got to know each other back when I was in Vancouver. And you are one of the three founders of Rethink. My brother's in advertising. For those in advertising, they, I'm sure, know your ads, campaigns that you've done for brands like Molson and A&W and Ikea. But it's fair to say that you're one of the most successful Canadian agencies uh, in the last couple decades. Is that is that uh, an accurate characterization? Well, in, in true Canadian fashion, I'll be humble. But yeah, I, I, I'd say we're currently Strategies Agency of the Year. And uh, we've been Agency of the Year three times, which is not easy for a West Coast startup. But yeah, very proud of it. But we always say, Bart, we're only as good as the next ad that we do. Right. And, uh, and you, you got to focus on what's next, not what was uh, in the past. 
that's probably why you've been successful. And what's next for you, though, is not a new ad, but your first book. Congratulations on the forthcoming publication of uh, your book, Rethink the Business of Creativity. And I know uh, we're recording this in December, but this will be released early in 2020. So by the time you're listening to this, the book will be out. Tell me about the book. Yeah. So as I've mentioned to you before, the, the book isn't a memoir. It's not a journey down memory lane. It's really, we said if we were to do something like this, it would be uh, tools and tips and tricks of the 20 year journey that we've had. And, um, and that was the, that was the idea behind it. I think, you know, we have uh, real clear beliefs and philosophies around how we should develop work, how we create culture, how we should manage our P&L. And we just thought we'd share it. And that was the intent behind the book. And the book is, it's a collaboration, uh, much as Rethink was, between you and two other founders. Uh, I'm just so impressed that you've sustained a partnership for 20 years together with three founders. That's very rare. Yeah. Well, yeah, so Ian, Ian Grace and Chris Staples are the two and have been the two co-creative director founders and, and my partners. We've been equal partners in the business for 20 years. And unusually, one of the, the things that we share is the leadership of the business. There isn't a president. There isn't a CEO. There's actually one of the 55 chapters, Bart, is around a, a shared leadership model that uh, is less hierarchical, that does spread the load that, and, and a lot of people go, well, how does that work? And, and, and what I'd say to you is through sort of building trust and mutual respect, it's, it's worked well for us. And it, it is unusual. Like I have a lot of friends who are leaders and CEOs and they say, I, I just don't know if I could do that, but uh, some, somehow we've been able to pull that off. And I know one of the reasons, I mean, I feel like your number is three. You know, we talked about yeah, three yeah. partners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have one agency of the year three times. <laughs> there are, and this book really, you talking about your leadership philosophy. There were three principles I know that have governed how, not only how the book's organized, but how you led. Talk to me a bit about those. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say the first principle is really around people and putting people first. The second is around product. And, and we always say, do, do the best work of your career at Rethink. And the third is around profit. And as a, a, a staunchly independent agency, we have um, a profit margin that allows us to invest in our people and invest in our work while we make a reasonable margin. And, and I'd, I'd underscore the you know reasonable margin because most of our competitors are multinationals um, and they, they their expectation of profit is different than ours uh, they push hard to uh, maximize the profit and we we look at each and every year and and see what the business will allow us to achieve from a profit perspective having said that we've been profitable every year we never lost money. We've our margin expectation is you know fifteen percent, and and I'd say on average we've been there in 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 many years, including this year, we're above that. So so I think um, people, product, profit has been the 
the mantra, and it, it's the three sections of the book. Has it always been the mantra? I mean, was that thinking back 20 years when the three of you came together and founded Rethink? Did you consciously sit down and say, this is, these are the principles through which we'll run this company? Uh, not, not as clear as they are today, but I will say we, you know, it was 20 years ago, almost to the day we were sitting wondering how we're going to grow business and develop business. And we, we wrote on a little whiteboard, let's work with brands that we believe in and want to get behind. Let's work with people that we trust and we like, and we want to collaborate work with. Let's, um, let's, let, let's ensure there's creative opportunity on every assignment that uh, we work on. And then I added, I said, well, let's make sure they can pay our rates. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what, maybe in different language, in different ways, but I'd say those, um, th- I, I'd say those questions we asked about who we should work with and what kind of work we should do, I think uh, are, 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 are consistent with uh, people, product, profit. Hmm. And, and I think it's probably speaks to why you've been able to continue to have this tripartite partnership uh, for 20 years because you had that philosophical alignment from the get-go, even if it wasn't quite precisely defined. For, for sure. I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the need for sort of shared values and beliefs in a business is really important. I know my founders and I have that. We, you know, we have over 20 partners that we brought into the business in Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal. So we've got a partnership model that brings other partners who, other, who also share values with us and who are today, and we can talk a bit about succession, they're leading the day-to-day and the founders after 20 years have stepped back and we're playing uh, more of a, 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 a what well, we are on the Rethink board, playing uh, an advisory coaching role to the next generation of leadership at Rethink. And, I, and I, I think that's hard for, it's hard for CEOs, it's hard for founders, it's hard for leaders to know when to step back, but we've been uh, very conscious about that and, uh, and, and have worked hard to uh, draft a plan to allow us to be able to play a different role at, at Rethink. So let's start at the beginning then. So 20 years ago, the three of you got together, you started this agency. Talk to me about the beginning and how you inspired clients to choose you who didn't know Rethink because it never existed. Well, geez, we called ourselves Rethink. <laughs> so I guess that begged the question, what needs rethinking, right? <laughs> well, and, and our view then, and, and I'd say to some degree 20 years later, uh, business always needs rethinking. And uh, we'd, you know, not to go deep into the, the, the background of where we were, but we were at a, an agency that was a great Canadian agency that sold to a multinational. And, um, and we saw the changes that happened and we decided that it wasn't aligned with where we were at and we wanted to do something different. And uh, funnily enough, Bart, we read a book about um, an agency in the UK called St. Luke's that had uh, broke away from the multinational network when uh, the, the London uh, office was part of a, a sale to Omnicom. And they talked about creating a, a different kind of agency that uh, was truly independent. The, in their model, 
unlike ours, it was a cooperative. So every employee got a vote and we just said, okay, we don't lean that far left. Right. We, so, so, <laughs> three, so, three was enough. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but, but, you know, I, I'd say it was, it was very much belief-based and, and philosophical. And, and there was an article in Canadian business in the first couple months, and there was a photograph of us and above my head, you know, when you're um, bad in school and you have to write lines on the blackboard, yes. or at least you used <laughs> yes. to feel, right? So above my head is, we will not join a multinational network. We will not join a multinational. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> so, so we kind of, we kind of planted our flag on that day. And, and, and I'd say, you know, to use people product profit, it's really hard in a profit maximization model to say, you put people first when right. every quarter New York's asking for headcount numbers and margin numbers. Mm -hmm. And why isn't, why isn't the margin number higher and the headcount lower? And it's just hard. And, and, you know, Hey, we're, we're running a business. We need to make money, but, but our view is let's put our, uh, our priorities in order. And that's what we've tried to do. So, so that's the story. And, and you know what, we, we left with no clients and no business uh, mid-October of 99. And yeah, it's been a journey and there's there's been ups and downs. But, you know, I'd say of 20, we've had 17 years of growth, uh, three years where we struggled a bit, but but more because of recessions or mm -hmm. economic uh, uh, issues as opposed to anything we've done. So, yeah. And so let's turn to those tough times. I'm always interested also in leadership through adversity and how particularly how you deliver messages that are in line with the values that you have when it's not easy to do so. And I know you mentioned 08, the recession hit, spending's down, and you had to make some tough choices. Talk a bit about that and how these three principles were tested and leaned on. Yeah, we um, so we lost three clients in the course of probably three weeks. Geez, three's a theme, hey? So, um, <laughs> and it was millions of dollars in revenue. So we, we had a decision to make around keeping the core business strong. And we, we chose to lay off. I, th I think there were about 30 people. We were only about a hundred people at that point. So it was about a third of our workforce, but we, we had to protect the core. And, and, and I think through that, we, we were generous with severance in terms of, you know, there's what the, the law required and what we felt was right. And we did our very best, even in a tough year, to, to be respectful, to help people, to support people. And, and we moved on. We took a hit in the press, you know, and, and, but, but we kept the business strong and survived to fight another day. And I think, you know, we could have, we could have thought, geez, maybe we'll win some business. And, and we eventually did. But you, you've got to be, you know, our view would be we run uh, our own P&L and capitalize with our own revenue. So we, we just didn't feel we could risk putting our balance sheet at risk at that point. So that's what we chose to do. It was really hard, and, uh, but we recovered, and I'd say we were stronger on the other end. Did you face some um, backlash from people who were let go or people inside who said, look, this is not consistent with your commitment to people oh oh for sure for sure you do but but business is business too bart and if you don't have the revenue we're kidding ourselves to think we'll just keep people around and keep people happy and and you know and put window dressing up so we 
we chose to deal with it head on. I think, and you would know this probably better than I, but leadership in crisis or at, in tough times is be open, be transparent, be clear, be decisive. We acted fast and, and you have to. So it's funny talking about, you know, uh, probably the lowest point in 20, but, but it, there's good learning, right? There you there's go. Really I just honed learning. right in on that dark day, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the headline that still haunts us from either strategy or marketing magazine, you know, rethink lays off 30% of the staff, but you know what? It makes you stronger. You, 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 but, but we're still around. And I'd say there's lots of agencies that were around or started 20 years ago that aren't around and they're not around because they didn't pay attention to that. So, and, yeah. and what I like about your three principles is it's not one above the other, just as you have three leaders, you know, it, it's uh, not one above the other. They all have to work in, in conjunction with each other. So, you had to balance the profitability of the business. You had to produce great work, but and you also treated the people respectfully in what was an incredibly difficult time. So I think it's the that interplay between the three. I'm hearing that uh, you really grounded yourself in over the years. Yeah, that that's the that's the magic. We have said you know in rank order, it's people, product, profit. That's the mm, also you, know, you do in, rank in, them, okay. Well, and, 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 but th- there is interplay. I mean, you know, I'd say, you know, d- d- do you need, cause here's, here's uh, in simple terms, in order to do good work, we need good people, right? So let's start with, well, we need good people to do good work, to make a reasonable margin. Like that would be the, the storyline. And, and I would say, you know, the, the opposite would be at a multinational, we're here to make money. Uh, uh, how are we doing making money? Oh, Oh, you've got some good work. Good. Oh, by the way, how are the people? Right. <laughs> right. So I'm it's a being, total yeah. inversion. So, so what well, you're telling I'm, me, Tom, is you're going to sell to a multinational next. <laughs> we are never going to sell sell to a multinational. Yeah. When you write it on the blackboard and take a picture, you can't take you it back. Of, well, geez, we could spend the whole podcast talking about succession transition and sell, don't sell, but we're staunchly in the don't sell camp and we've, engaged a, a consultant to work on a, an ownership transition so that we can transition this business to uh, the next generation and maintain our our independence and they'll be we'll come back to that and see I'm going to ask you if they're going to maintain the same principles but before I do you know a third pivotal moment we've talked about you survive the recession and then you decide as a Vancouver agency you say we need bigger ambitions. We need national ambitions. And you've been very successful. You've expanded across the country. You are a strong presence here in Toronto. You have a presence in Montreal. You've done great work nationally. But I know at the time it wasn't easy. Tell me about how those principles helped you make that leap. Yeah. Well, you know, to do to do work in Canada, it's hard. We were on too many flights flying Vancouver to Toronto. And the truth is there's, you know, great agencies in Toronto that are available. And if we wanted to be present nationally, and that in our view includes, you know, Toronto and Montreal, we needed to eventually open there. And and I, I said to you in a prior conversation, Bart, you know, I think the business community rewards uh, calculated risk taking, and we felt we had uh, enough of a reputation. We felt that putting the right people in place in Toronto would uh, would give us traction, but it was hard. It was really hard to to break through. And and I'd say, 
you know, we in, in the last sort of three, four years with the leadership team we've got in Toronto, we've certainly achieved breakthrough and um, and it's 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 been terrific, but it's been hard. And and I and I think the the consistency between the offices is really around those those uh, people, product, profit values and how how we can align behind that. The we we just finished a all partner retreat in Montreal in in October. Uh, you know, and, and again, the next generation partners did most of the work, created most of the plans. The, you know, the founders are really there in a, in a coaching, supportive, nurturing role. And, and it's really, I'd say it's really inspiring for us to see how, how they're taking the baton and running with it. So, so I, I'd say in opening new markets, the importance of getting the right leaders in place, there's, you know, a senior leader who's coming up on on 10 years in Toronto and he's the, the business lead. We've seen him grow. We've seen him mature. It's just, it's really inspiring to see that. And, and, and we've created a, an environment for that to happen. So you've done that. Has it ever not worked? Have you ever had people you thought were future leaders, future partners, or even who became partners, and then you found that they weren't living these principles in the way you want? Sure. For sure. And, and, and some of those, you know, some of those exits, some of those discussions have been very hard. But as you and I have talked over the years, if as an organization, if we're not happy with uh, a leader, there's a really good chance that they're not happy too. And mm-hmm. and it does come down to, you know, are they motivated? Are they satisfied? Are they happy? And uh, And we've had, you know, we've had a number of situations we've tried hard again, to be respectful, to have tough conversations, to be generous, to be uh, kind, to be supportive, uh, whether it's employees that started early, became partners, and eventually needed to do something different. In Toronto, we do have you know, a different leadership team than we started with. And it was around, I think, how we viewed the business and where it needed to go versus that leadership team. And that's okay. And and I think all I hope Bart, is someone goes on to, to do something successful and be happy and satisfied, right? So, Well, now you have, now you're in that great position, position I'd love to be in, uh, you know, 10, 15 years where I can, I can step back and, and have this group. I mean, I've got some wonderful leaders in the company who I'm excited about what they're doing, how they're growing the business, their passion for culture. And so looking down the road and seeing the path that you and your, your partners have taken is inspiring. So now that you're in this position, you're coaching, let's imagine you get these questions. I'll ask you a few questions as though I'm one of the new leaders. I was going to say future leaders, but it sounds like they are. these partners are leading the business. Say, what is the most important communication lesson from your career that I should take to heart now that I'm running part of Rethink? I'd say the need for authenticity in your leadership style, in your leadership communication. And I think, you know, I think I know for me, I know for my other founders, and I'd say for many of the partners, I'd say uh, being authentic to who you are and recognizing that we're all different. We all bring different strengths. So, you know, know the lane that you that you swim in the best and and stay in that lane, but but be authentic, be real. But I'd say authenticity in over my 20 years has been, I'd say the 
the most important trait that I'd look for in, in someone uh, communicating as a leader. Okay, next question. What is the biggest mistake you made in your 20 years as a Rethink founder around communication? You know, I, I'd say our, we had some, maybe less so just communication focus, but the, the Toronto, you know, building a team long distance in Toronto, not being there to coach and have oversight day to day, or at least week to week was probably the biggest mistake. And, and we, not that we set the team up there for success, but we gave them a lot of rope and then we kept pulling the rope in wanting to make sure we aligned with how we wanted it. So it, the, the, I'd say if I was to go back, you know, how we executed, a, you know, a big new market opening probably would have done it differently for sure. So that, that would be, um, that would be ride land. And my last question to you, as you embrace this new coach role and you step back from operations, how do you hope to inspire the next generation of leaders at Rethink? Well, I'd say lead, lead by example, get out of the way, you know, give them the, give them the latitude to make the decisions, give them guidelines or guardrails around, you know, expectations and, uh, yeah, but like, you know, good leadership is knowing when to get out of the way. And, and we always use as a good Canadian, a hockey analogy, just, you know, we're, we're getting off the ice and, um, and someone else has to score the goal. So give them the latitude and the support and the coaching to be able to do that. And then I think it's really important to celebrate their success as much as we celebrated our own success. And I, I know I said that was my last question, but listening to you talk about getting off the ice, getting out of the way, I have to ask this. If they want to change those three principles, are you open to it? No. <laughs> With 20 years of success, I'm not surprised. Well, and nor, and nor will we ever sell, like even in this transition and our succession plan. The, I think, you know, a principle is only a principle until it costs you money, right? That was a, a, a mentor and more of a creative mentor, Ron Woodall, from uh, our days prior to Rethink. He, he shared that insight with us, and it's really st stuck with the three of us ever since. Well, there's a book I'm reading right now by Ben Horowitz in the Silicon Valley investor called who you are is what you do and it's about culture and he says exactly the same thing you can put whatever values and platitudes on the wall you want but until you have to make tough decisions they're just that and i think what's really impressive about what you guys have done in 20 years is you have stuck to those principles through easy and through tough and from you know what was written on the board around never selling to 20 years later having this internal succession to building out the agency to staying true it's uh, i've got huge admiration for what you've done and done it as a threesome for the whole way which is uh, incredible so uh congratulations tom on all you've achieved and on on the books commemorating that well thank you bart and uh, as always it's it's great to chat with you and uh and i've i've been inspired just by our conversations and i know uh you ask Good questions. You're a terrific listener, and and those are uh, real signs of, of of great leadership too. Well, I I uh, give a tip of my cap to you. You know, one thing about being a an entrepreneur is it's uh, 
it's a tight community and you find people who you admire and you uh, you try and learn everything you can from them. So you know, I have great appreciation for the uh, the mentorship you've shown me and I appreciate you coming on the podcast, uh, Jet Lag, to, uh, to share your your perspective. And, and I can see it's going to be a great book. I, I look forward to digging into it. You, you, you bet. Well, it's been, it's been my pleasure and, uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure you get a signed copy at some Great. point, uh, at some point soon. Okay. And we'll keep talking. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Thanks. Bye now. Bye now. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tom Schapansky of Rethink. His book is definitely one I look forward to digging into. It's very impressive, you know, in the business defined by turnover and volatility that he and his partners have gone the distance, worked together, and created an incredible agency. Next time on the Inspire podcast, we turn to the topic of inclusion. This is an important topic. You've heard uh, me talk about how committed the Humphrey Group is to diversity and inclusion. We've had a lot of guests like Michael Bach, the Canadian Center for Diversity and Inclusion on, Jennifer Reynolds, former CEO of Women Capital Markets. And our focus has been primarily talking diversity, but next episode, the conversation shifts to inclusion, how you get people at the table to feel like they have a voice and to speak up. And I welcome an incredibly dynamic individual, Numan Ashraf. He's a U of T Rotman School of Business professor, and he is a must listen for anyone who wants to create an inclusive workplace. So tune into the next episode of the Inspire Podcast.